you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's b o d i.com. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Before the second coming, there will be a great earthquake as never before. Before the second coming, the continents will come together in Pangea. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. As you know, I'd like you to share this with one or two friends so that we can get this show on the road. Now, many of you, a lot of you are thinking about when is the time of the second coming? When is our Lord and Savior going to come down and appear again? When is the Mount of Olives going to split in twain at the touch of his feet? And him come rescue the Jews from bondage, Israel from bondage as they are surrounded by the world, surrounded by their enemies in a siege like the world has never known. When is this going to happen? Because this is one of the signs before the second coming. And let's talk about this one. Before the second coming, the first thing that has to happen is every single nation on earth, all of them, the whole Babylon, the whole mammon have to combine and go against Israel. So you have to see this in policy and you have to see this in hostilities towards Israel and as well as the allies of Israel, including the United States, have to be against Israel. Now, when I was when I was a seminary student trying to teach seminary, 
many years ago going to institute classes. I came across a professor and this professor was a very interesting man because he was set by the Quorum of the Twelve to be one of the ones that writes the manuals that we learn in institute and in seminary, specifically the Isaiah man, uh, manual and also the part of the dictionaries uh, of, the, of the canon works of the Bible. And so this man was very learned, very wise as it comes to scriptures and got the ideas that he said directly from the brethren. And as he was teaching this particular concept of every nation has to come against Israel, I had a question, so I stayed after class and I asked him, surely not the United States, right? Because Israel is an ally of the United States and we defend Israel and we always are backing Israel, so surely not the United States. And he said, no, absolutely, the United States as well. And I wondered, I wondered with this answer because he was right. In order for the prophecy to be fulfilled, the United States, one of the closest allies that Israel has had for so many decades, has to be completely against them. So, think about it. Back then, I thought that would be impossible. This was over 20 years ago. How could that be? Of course, back then, we didn't have Obama, we didn't have Biden, and we didn't have the state of the world that it is today. So now it makes sense, of course, with a bloodthirsty fake president and with a bloodthirsty league of shadow government men that are in control, men and women in the White House and in the state capitol. Of course, Israel is going to be our enemy. Why? Well, first of all, who were the guinea pigs for the death shot? Israel. They've had five boosters by now. Can you believe that? Five? They were front in line. So not only did they get the death jab front in line, but immediately after Trump set peace in the Middle East, Biden came along with all his cronies and created havoc again. Now Israel is the bloodline of the covenant. But as Jesus said, I can make children out of these rocks. I can make Israelites out of these rocks. And he can. He can create life from clay, from rock, from mineral. He can make a man, a woman, shape them out of the dust of the earth. So to say that Israel is Israel just because they are the bloodline is false, is incorrect. Israel means the covenant people of the Lord. And so they have to become covenant people. Now, of course, that's going to take effect a little bit before and throughout the second coming because they will bow the knee and realize that the person that they persecuted is the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. However, let's go back to this persecution of Israel. Right now, we are at the brink of World War III, 
the United States has incited Russia so much by bringing in not only the 101 and the so much aircraft into the Ukraine, so much weapons, but now military men are on their way and now they're arrived in the country next to Russia on their borders supposedly for weapons inspection but that's not what it is we've actually sent troops and we are now officially entered just like in Vietnam with our weapons inspectors but these aren't weapons inspectors these aren't professional weapons inspectors and these are 18 19 year olds soldiers foot soldiers and they've been sent to the Ukraine on the borders of Russia Russia is not going to take this lightly. Mark my words. Now, the whole world will be incited by this happening between Ukraine and Russia, incited by the United States and the Gadianton robbers. The whole world. But the whole world will be incited, putting their nukes, pointing their arsenal against against Israel, the country, that is. So last time we spoke about Israel having to have its original lands. That includes Palestine. That includes Jordan. The original Israel was huge. Well, you know what? In order to fulfill prophecy, these things must happen before the second coming. And so much must the great siege of Jerusalem. The great siege, the city of the Lord, where the original temple was built, the temple of Herod and temple of Solomon. So, before the second coming, you have to see this great siege that hasn't happened yet. And the world has to get to such a point now, granted this can happen at any time. The world has to get to such a point, and Israel has to realize at one point or another that they need their lands back, and that will happen, because these are lands that rightfully belong to the children of Israel. And so at one point or another, the whole world will point its nukes towards Israel, and then you can say, the Savior is coming. The Savior is about to put his foot on Mount Olives. But before that happens, a lot of things have to come to pass. Now I'll go to a second prophecy that has to happen before before we see the Lord appear. Before we worldwide see him coming down. The temple of the Lord has to be built in Jerusalem, in the capital. Something's wrong with this picture now. For lack of time, I won't pull up the scriptures for lack of time. But we'll go into this prophecy quickly. You see, before the siege happens, before all this stuff happens, the original temple, Solomon's temple, Herod's temple, has to be rebuilt exactly upon the mount where it was originally built, the sacred land, the sacred spot. And further than this, as 
is prophesied in Hosea and in Isaiah. Further from this, after the temple is rebuilt in Jerusalem, there has to be a well of living water that springs forth from the bottom of the temple comes down from the bottom of the temple, down through Israel, down through the mount, creating a river, creating a stream, and finally ending up at the Dead Sea. Now, why is this significant? Because the symbolism of this is a people that once were dead, spiritually dead, are being rebirthed because they are having a temple of the Lord again with its proper ceremonies, with its proper covenants. So you cannot be a children of the Lord. You, well, you can be a children of the Lord, but children of Christ. In other words, the covenant people, this is what I was talking about with Israel. You cannot be covenant people without having the sacred covenants available to you, which are the covenants of the house of the Lord. And so therefore, there must be a house of the Lord available to the children of Israel before the second coming. Symbolic of the rebirth, the spiritual rebirth of Israel. Now, the spring will spring forth out of the bottom of the temple and will go down and will hit the waters of the Dead Sea and through a process will heal the waters of the Re of the Dead Sea so that they become alive again. They have life, they have fish, they have abundance of life, they are beautiful waters no longer in the Dead Sea. But I remind you what has to happen before then. Well, as you know, the Dome on the Rock is the most sacred, or one of the most sacred, edifices to the Muslims in the whole entire world. This is where they go. This is one of their central central points of worship. The Dome on the Rock. And the Dome on the Rock happens to be built exactly on the site of the Temple, the Temple Mount. Now, researchers, archaeologists have discovered as of late that the temple might be slightly to the left which would still occupy the land that the Palestines have with their dome on the rock but would not have the dome on the rock completely destroyed or destroyed altogether it would be almost a side-to-side -side situation at that point but even then the Palestinians no way Jose are they gonna have the temple of Herod the temple of Solomon rebuilt right next to their sacred dome on the rock edifice. They're not gonna have that happen. So you understand that in order for this to happen, it has to be a hostile takeover by Jerusalem. There's not gonna be a handing over of their sacred, one of their most sacred edifices. Think about this. This would be like, like the Church of Jesus Christ handing over, in our view, of course, Salt Lake Temple. It would be impossible. This would be something that we would never relinquish. This would be just like the Catholics handing over 
their city in Rome, forgetting about their capital. Here you go, we're handing this over. Absolutely not. So we have to remember that there has to be a complete and utter takeover, a hostile takeover in the eyes of the world. And this will probably provoke the siege of Israel or be a strong, strong key in provoking the siege in Israel. Now, the third part of this building of the temple in Jerusalem is an important one. It goes along with them rebuilding the temple, goes along with the siege, goes along with the siege in Jerusalem. It is a prophecy that comes from Doctrine and Covenants, right at the beginning of Doctrine and Covenants, where Moroni quotes different scriptures to Joseph Smith when he receives the plates. But particularly one of them he quotes to him, and he says it thus, when Joseph Smith is receiving the Aaronic priesthood from very own John the Baptist. Now, Moroni quoted this scripture, but John the Baptist, when he came down and gave Joseph Smith the Aaronic priesthood, at the end of that conference, at the end of him being conveyed the powers of the Aaronic priesthood, he, John the Baptist, quoted the scripture saying that this priesthood, meaning the Aaronic priesthood, shall never be taken from the earth again until the sons of Levi offer up a sacrifice in righteousness. Meaning, what does this mean? This means that the sons of Levi, originally the original priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, because the sons of Levi have the authority of the original priesthood. Remember, if you are a son of Levi or your descendants come from Levi, then you have the right, the Aaronic priesthood, of presidency. And so therefore you would be the president through revelation, of course, you would be the bishop of the church. And I'm not talking just the bishop of the wards or the stakes. I'm talking about the bishop of the church, a general authority. So in order for the Lord to come and before the Aaronic priesthood is completely taken from the earth, the sons of Levi, meaning the Jews and the Israelites, will sacrifice once again a lamb, blood sacrifice in the temple of the Lord. And this has to happen in righteousness. In other words, in full authority and power of God so that their sacrifice is accepted of the Lord. And only till then, at that time, will the Lord say it's acceptable. And then the Aaronic priesthood will need no more be on the earth. This will be the final offerings, one or many, we don't know, of the children of Israel in their temple which is the original temple where Jesus Christ himself went and scourged the temple because of those very Israelites profaning it with their selling and buying. This is how important the temple of the Lord is 
to our God, to our Savior, and to our King before the second coming. It must be. It must be built. And it must be worshipped in. What they don't want you to know with your host, Mr. Noriega. Is the government keeping secrets? You bet they are. And here, those secrets are revealed. Teacher, seven years, researching the common core of the education system. Author Noriega. What they don't want you to know. 